In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we were more ancient Christians living in Rome, we would have woken up early this morning and set out on foot for the Basilica of St. Paul outside the walls. That is the stational church for today's Mass. And I mention that because Paul is sort of our guide for today. It's not too often that we hear saints' names popped up in the collect on Sunday, but today we sought the aid of St. Paul when we said, O God, who sees that we put not our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by the protection of the doctor of the Gentiles, we may be defended against all adversities. We need the model of Paul today as we address the parable of the sower. It's perhaps one of the more well-known of our Lord's parables. The fathers called it the parable of parables. And it needs a little explanation because the apostles already asked our Lord to explain it to us. Its meaning, therefore, cannot be doubted, but we can better contemplate it by considering the example of St. Paul's life as the good ground for the sowing. Christ tells us the seed is the word of God. Now, there could be a play on words here. Christ is, of course, himself the word of God. But we also speak generally of the sacred scriptures as the word. And with that meaning in mind, it isn't hard to apply this text to Paul. Paul is the first great preacher of the faith. We are fed by his epistles nearly every day of the liturgical year in the Mass. But Paul is able to provide such an extensive preaching because of his receptivity to the Word, which is the seed of God. So what made him receptive? Certainly not any level of perfection. That's the point of his epistle today. St. Paul is reminding us that he endured trials and pains and undergoes temptation just as much or even more as we do ourselves. Yet the seed is received in grace. Grace is the free gift of the Father. We can do nothing to earn it, but it is still given lavishly, just as a sower generously distributes the handful of his seed upon the ground. What matters, then, is the manner it is received. Really, all things considered, the soil on the path or among thorns or the good ground are really just the same soil. That's not pointed out in the passage, but it's worth considering. They could be dealing with Yazoo clay or with better dirt, but it's all really the same. What changes is how the soil is prepared. Some of it is dried up and hardened under the weight as it endures the path. Some of it is uncared for and allowed to become overgrown with thorns. But some of it is properly tilled and primed to receive. And such of all of us, we are each made of the same stuff, so to say. All of us are human. All of us are fallen. All of us face trials, as Paul points out in his epistle. But Paul opened himself to receive the grace of the Lord by acknowledging his weaknesses. He says, Gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may dwell in me. You see, it's often easy for us to say that we don't want to be the soil of the path or the soil among thorns. We might, easy, we might easily say that it's not us because we're here at Mass today. We might hear the word of God in the gospel or the words of Paul and find them very encouraging to us. And so we tell ourselves that we will begin again and strive to reject our vices. But as St. Gregory the Great teaches, many people are pleased by what they hear, and they resolve to do good. But as soon as they experience difficulties, they give up the good work they started. Very often we feel compunction for our faults, and yet we go back and commit them again, 
even after bemoaning them. Remember that the seed is the word of God. It's not enough to let our hearing of the word of God simply inspire us to pious ideas. Mere piety isn't the goal. We have to actually live the Christian life. We have to persevere in our quest for virtue. Of course, remembering that persevering is not the same as being victorious. Those who continually persevere for the good and occasionally fall are not the same sort of soil of those who never really attempt to change. When we confess our sins, for example, are we beginning to make a rote confession, almost as if it's rehearsed, all because we have in actuality given up on trying to defeat our vices? If this is so, then we are indeed still merely the soil of the path. We have not put in the effort to till the ground of our soil. Christ is offering us his grace in the sacraments, and perhaps because of our frequent confessions that we are receiving that grace worthily, but if we don't take advantage of that grace and attempt to grow in holiness, then the seed will still die. That is not to say that there aren't Catholics who fall into the second category of the thorny soil, but it seems to me that the vast majority of people fit the first description. They are truly moved by the things they hear at Mass, but their practice of the faith doesn't go much farther beyond that point. They may desire to advance in holiness, but they don't wish to make the real effort to do it. And so here again, Paul is our guide. He admits that there is some vice or difficulty that he must continually battle. There was given to me a sting of my flesh, an angel of Satan to buffet me. His first course of action was simply to ask the Lord to take this temptation or vice away. Thrice I besought the Lord that it might depart from me, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee. In the same way, it is never enough for us to simply pray to be delivered from our vices. Our temptations are not something that can be prayed away. But at least in my own conversations, this is often people's course of action when they say they wish to rid themselves of real vices. Yet the truth is that they're not prepared to do what it takes. They've dusted off the road, maybe cleared away some of the weeds. But unless you take the hoe and till the ground, the soil of the path will remain hardened. In the same way, until we make real efforts to grow in holiness, the grace we receive from these sacraments, from our prayers, will all be received in vain. As St. Thomas teaches us, grace does not destroy nature, but perfects it. The gift of God's grace is not given to supplant our freedom, as if we could wish away our ability to sin. Rather, it is given so that we can gradually strive toward protection. And thus we pray in the offertory today, Perfect thou my goings in and my paths, that my footsteps be not moved. Make this your prayer today in the Holy Mass. Perfect all our actions, O Lord. Perfect us in our, in our virtuous and holy endeavors, so that we not be, may not be quick to yield to temptation, but have confidence in the subtle assistance of your grace. And so that's the final point. Our Lord promises that the good soil would produce abundant fruit, but we all know that a ripe harvest isn't grown overnight. We must remain patient with ourselves and with the Lord, that on the good ground are they who in a good and perfect heart, hearing the word, keep it and bring forth fruit in patience. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.